So, this podcast, is it any good? Eh, they follow some shite clubs, but it's a pretty good podcast. Lavelle, Rose up the middle, looking, cutting, shooting, go! The Unnamed Soccer Podcast. Absolutely brilliant from Liverpool, and for Barcelona, chaotic, catastrophic. A sensational start, a controversial start. And it's advantage to the Reds. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast. D. Smith, welcome in. It is the latest edition of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast brought to you by Three Punk Ales in Chula Vista. It is also brought to you by Sport Clips, where it is good to be a guy. Darren and I recording on a Tuesday morning, the earliest we have ever recorded. It is before 730 um darren a pleasure to see you bright and early happy tuesday to you yes this is a pleasure thank you what are we doing up in the middle of the night whose idea was this to get up and record at 7 15 in the morning now this broadcast will get progressively better as jordan and i start intaking a little bit of caffeine and shout out to our guy steve garcia from three punk gales i went down there i know you recently went down we're a guest on the emo brown podcast I was last week. I think I'm still a little bit hungover from that experience, but shout out to Emo Brown. Shout out to our guy, Steve. Shout out to Three Punk Ales for the invite and just for being a freaking kick-ass brewery in Chula Vista. That place rocks. Um, Give us a quick little uh, preview of that. What did you guys talk about? What didn't we talk about? We talked about life on radio. We talked about life outside of radio. What's Mm -hmm. coming up next? Life with or without some guy named Jordan. Talked a lot about the NFL, about soccer, how we got into football, what we do when we go across the border, eating tacos, doing drugs with rock stars back in the day. So there was, there was a lot there, uh, including a lot of uh, whiskey consumption, I think. So not exactly my drink of choice, but yeah, I didn't want to be a, a ungrateful house guest. So we covered a lot, man. We just sort of hit record. You've done that podcast, you know, mm-hmm. It, it feels mostly unstructured, like, hey, let's just have a, a conversation. And and that's what we did. I'm always reluctant to do that stuff. I mean, I just I feel like I talk too much. I'm a bad guest, but I do appreciate the invite. So I don't know how many people did or didn't check it out, but uh, I love that dude and I love that place. So him and Caesar were great. Very good stuff. I'm pretty sure it dropped this week. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, download it and make sure to listen to it. Good stuff. Darren, we have plenty to discuss today on the podcast. Uh, we're going to have a few episodes this week. Um, We're going to chat with the president of the locals, the supporters group for San Diego Loyal, um, Scuba Steve, as we've been calling him for years on the podcast. And as you can also find on Twitter, Scuba Steve, Uh, he will join us in episode number two, podcast number two this week. I don't know how you want to phrase it, but Darren and I have plenty to discuss in Europe because it was a busy weekend for us. So we want to chat about what happened in Europe. Champions League, of course, coming up this weekend. And then also you will see a podcast dropped with El Presidente himself. Um, so let's get to what happened over the weekend, Darren. How did you take in everything from the wild finish in La Liga? I know you were at least tuned in a little bit to what was happening in England because we were texting back and forth. We found out the top four. We found out a champion. Uh, we found out a lot over the weekend. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was solid. Uh, it sort of leaves me at the end of every European campaign wondering what I'm supposed to do with all these subscription services. I mean, what do you do? Like, I've got Peacock, and I've got CBS All Access, and I've got 
sling so I can get B in sports, which I guess I don't need anymore for La Liga since they're moving over to ESPN, which is fantastic news. But I still think they have Copa Libertadores and Copa America this summer. So I don't really know what to do with all these subscription services. Like, do I do I still roll with Peacock? Is there any reason to have that? But uh, we got together for the final time. We went out to Serrano's and Coronado and uh, had a very uh, good, I would say, a couple of dozen people, maybe 20 of us, uh, just to watch the final match of Barca's season, which was so ingloriously on being six. No joke. I didn't even know there was a B in six, but that's where Barca had been pushed to since it was more important to watch Atletico Madrid end up winning a title. Real Madrid, who was the only other club that could win a title. But we got together one final time at Serrano's out there in Coronado. So shout out to the Peña Blagrana, who under challenging circumstances, I will say, our president, Ruben, kept us all together, kept us on group chats, kept us on mass emails. Uh, when it was allowed that we could go and we could enjoy in person, he made sure everybody knew what the rules were, make sure you wear your mask. So we did that one final ride, Jordan, Saturday morning at 9 a.m., got up and and head out there to Coronado and watched, watched Atletico win, which was the second best thing we could watch, I suppose, outside of watching Barca win. But, uh, hey, at least I'm not real, right? <laughs> uh, I didn't even realize there was a BN Channel 2. Forget channel six. I didn't even know there was a second option or a third or a fourth or a fifth or the sixth option. That's pretty wild. Uh, NBC has dealt with the responsibility of just throwing every single match across every single channel that they happen to own. So you have games like I'm pretty sure I watched Chelsea like on the Hallmark channel over the weekend. I, I, I don't know if I have that right, but I would not be surprised if that is the right channel. It was actually on BN six. It's pretty impressive. You got to go pretty deep there. Yeah. Yeah, man. Boy, I'll tell you, what a moment. I mean, what a, what a proud way to end the season, watching uh, Barca A-Bar over on being six. So I'm kind of confused by a couple things. If I read what the president of Barcelona say uh, says, uh, he says that is not the final match for Lionel Messi. Uh, if you read elsewhere, it, maybe the sense is that was the final match for Lionel Messi with Barcelona. What's the sense with the supporters group? I know what you guys are rooting for. I know you want Lionel to stay. At least I'm assuming you want Messi to stay. Um, I would hope you want him to stay. What's the sense there? Like when you're actually watching with the Pena in San Diego, is the sense that he's staying or is it the sense that that was a goodbye? I think everybody, you know, I think the biggest clue that anybody has at this point is that uh, Aguero has signed with, or is rumored to be signing with Barcelona, that Kun Aguero is going to sign there. And the fellow Argentine, he and Messi are pretty tight. Would he do that if he knew Messi was leaving? Cause God almighty, what's that club going to look like in the absence of Messi? And, you know, is that some sort of enticement for him to stay? So I, I think that's everybody's biggest clue to date that Messi's going to stay. But until he's signed, he's not signed. And you just don't know. Maybe he doesn't like what he hears. Maybe maybe watching Suarez go in somewhere else has an impact on him. You know, him and Luis Suarez are pretty tight. That was, you know, calamitous from, from Barca's standpoint. It's confusing also to say that Luis Suarez is too old to play for Barca, but they're going to bring in Kun Aguero. But Hey, that's a different president. You know, it's a different president and likely a different manager. I, I just, I think it's, you know, I, I think it's more likely than not that he stays, but I don't know that anybody would be betting their life savings on that. I mean, you just, you know, you don't know what is uh, tearing down going to look like. Is he going to be in a position where Barca will be back to, you know, not only competing and making it to the second to last weekend in La Liga, maybe winning a cup, but, you know, making sure that they're competitive in Europe. Because right now, you know, this 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 squad is not. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I 
I mean, I think more likely than not he stays, but I, I, I couldn't, I wouldn't go anywhere near as close as to guarantee such a thing. Yeah. So it sounds like it's uncertain at best. So who knows? There's some uncertainty going into the offseason, which is a scary thing. You don't know what to expect. Uh, you bring up Luis Suarez. That was amazing over the weekend to watch what Luis Suarez does uh, playing for the club, beat help beating a club that he used to play for. Like you said, being told, Hey, you're probably too old for us to help us now. Um, and then he helps a different club go and win the league. It was amazing moments in Spain over the weekend. You know, I also think it's just good for, for our league because I know, you know, we're, we're all aware that there's this duopoly between Barca and Real Madrid. And everybody's like, well, I understand the hesitancy to, to, for people to get involved or become fans because they're like, what's the point? Only these two clubs ever end up winning. Well, now this is the second, the second for Atleti here in the last five, six years, six years, seven years. So, you know, that's, and it took a down year from Madrid and from Barca, obviously, but, I think it's also good for the league that, you know, you get somebody else involved every once in a while that Sevilla was there into the last couple of weekends. I think the criticisms of La Liga are fair. I think it's much more accepted in Spain that there is this duopoly, that it is these two clubs for the most part. But, you know, I, I will say like, like even as a Barca supporter, I, I like having a different club win, not just because it's not Real Madrid, just because it, you know, it adds a, a little bit more interest, I would think for, for fans who just want to, uh, paint the club as or paint the league as just two two clubs only. It is mostly that way, but uh, I I don't mind having a third or fourth club involved there every once in a while. I love the Suarez storyline. I mean, he's he's a Barca legend. You know, this is now the second time in Barca's history where they've told a, a striker that they're too old to play. The first was David Villa. He goes and wins with Atletico. Now the second time here is with Suarez. So history has indeed indeed repeated itself, but. Um, you know, down for the down year for the league overall, but Hey man, we still had a ton of fun. So, uh, we'll see, we'll see what the future is, but now we're all in Ronald Koeman watch and we're all in, in, uh, Lionel Messi watch. Mm -hmm. Messi didn't actually play in that final match, right? He was no. allowed to leave early. They said, Hey, why don't you, uh, why don't you, uh, have in, go start your off season. You know, you got to get ready for Copa America. Play nice, play nice. It's a smart strategy. So at Lado, uh, a laddie finished on top 86 points. Real Madrid, 84, finished second. Barca, third at 79. And Sevilla, 77, fourth place. So that's one, two, three, four in Spain this year. Yeah. yeah. Can I just recommend one thing before we switch gears? Yeah. And I know everybody's busy, but I really think if you are, uh, as our friend Nate Abare would say, uh, football romantico, if you're into the romanticism of football, the club that Barca played on its final week is a club called Abar, E-I-B-A-R. They are uh, this little tiny city in Basque country. Their stadium makes some of the USL stadiums look big. Like it's, it's like 8,000 people. This is the Primera División in Spain, and it's an 8,000-person stadium tucked away in this little tiny town in the hills of Basque country. They got relegated. And before they did, after they did, I should say, if you go to there and go find it, like I'm telling you, it's worth 10 minutes of your life, just to go and find their, uh, their, their, uh, what do you call it? Thread, their tweet thread, where they thanked every club that they played while they were in the Primera division, like, like by name and said, thank you, Barcelona. Thank you, Real Madrid. Thank you, Atletico. Tweet after tweet after tweet, just saying thank you for this amazing experience that we've had over the last couple of years. It's like one of the most heartwarming things I think I've ever seen in my life. Just this little tiny club that always, Felt like it was you know, living on borrowed time in the Primera and to just thank everybody as they've been relegated back to the, the Segunda, I thought was just amazing. I, 
It's one of the things I love about this sport that Ajax melting down their trophy and sending it to all their supporters. Like, I don't know, dude, like we've talked about a lot of other sports over the years. Like you just don't see stuff like this in those other sports. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's a very, very good story. Darren, we're supposed to be like talking about Manchester city and Chelsea in a champions league final in a little bit. That's not very romantic, is it? So don't get too romantic on me here in the middle of the pot. We have some unromantic <laughs> things to get to here still. Speaking of which let's switch over to England. Um, thank you Spurs. Thank you. Tottenham do appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Chelsea needed their help and got their help over the weekend. Um, we did not have a, we didn't have the top spot up for grabs in England like we did in Spain. We already knew City was going to win it, but here's how it finishes. City won United to Liverpool finish third after it's all said and done. 69 points. And Chelsea fourth with 67. Leicester just missing out. Uh, 66. West Ham after that. Uh, Spurs seven. Arsenal eight. Spurs finish above Arsenal. Interesting note there. Uh, again, thank you, Tottenham. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Darren, I know you were watching a little bit. That was just a wild ride. It was a wild, um, ride the entire season for Chelsea. If I'm just looking from that perspective, because you have a managerial change, you have a pretty good start and then a really bad plateau that forced a managerial change. And then you get a brand new coach and you start to learn about new players and he's trying different things and he's returning players to a lineup that Frank Lampard had stopped using. And it's kind of ignited this team. It's been a roller coaster for Chelsea. It was a roller coaster on that final day as well. Um, just the fact that there were several, several moments where Chelsea are out and then Chelsea are back in. Um I, I wish they gave you the live table on the TV screen. That was one of my big takeaways. I wish they just gave you the live table throughout all 90 minutes of whatever match you're watching, whether you're watching on the Hallmark channel or USA or NBC sports or whatever channel they happen to have you on. Um, it was just a roller coaster day because things changed. It wasn't the most dramatic finish we've ever seen, but I thought it was really good. Yeah, actually, I thought there was a lot of drama to it. Like you said, there was no real drama at the top because you knew that City was just waiting to lift the trophy. You knew that United was solidified there in the second spot. I, I found it as somebody who likes the league as, as somebody uh, who is also rooting for U.S. men's national team players, you know, like Christian Pulisic. I'm, I'm sitting there watching with, with interest and because I'm a sports fan, it's dramatic watching uncertainty play out at the end. I would imagine it's, it's, it's I, we've been there, right? Like it sucks sometimes to be in that position like you were in over the weekend where, you know, your, your club, doesn't control like it loses control of of itself and it has to rely on results elsewhere like you say with spurs but man like i was i, I thought a couple of things number one if you would have said a couple of weeks back that liverpool would find itself in the three spot no way in a million years would anybody have believed you on that just given some of their circumstances given the way it was trending given that they couldn't win at all at anfield like there was that long stretch for them it sort of seemed like the question was well what is finishing outside of the top four mean for Jurgen Klopp. So for them, like finishing third was, was just a remarkable run. Uh, and then also, you know, having city with Zach Steffen, having one us men's national team player, win a premier league title, which was spectacular. Having Pulisic remain in champions league. Hopefully I think he's going to stay. I hope that's the case. And I also think from your standpoint, Jordan, I can say this as somebody who doesn't, who doesn't uh, supports Chelsea. Like you've now had a good season. You know, you've won an FA Cup title. You're in the Champions League final. You're back in the top four. Like that to me, you know, even though you want to uh, win trophy, 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 
Like that's, you know, that's, that's a good season there. It would have been debatable outside of the top four Leicester city in, but you know, I, I think that this, this, you know, this, this top four for me is somebody who's not there watching every minute of this league. Like you are, like others are like, this is a pretty satisfying top four from where I sit. Uh, yeah, I mean, they come up just short in the FA Cup final against Leicester. So you're left with a little bit of a bitter taste. You want the trophy. Uh, and it's a weird dynamic because they're preparing for the Champions League final. So you have so much uh, you're relying on Chelsea to finish in the top four. And you're only banking on you're talking about a tournament that's next year. And you're like, we're in the final of that tournament we're talking about next week. Like it, it's so it's so weird to focus on something like that, knowing that like, oh, we just need to qualify. It's like, forget qualifying. We're about to play for that trophy next week. Um, but of course, there were moments where you're thinking, OK, if this doesn't work out, uh, Chelsea were losing at this time. Tottenham were down at this time on the live table. Chelsea were sitting fifth. There were moments where you're like, OK, well, maybe this is a good thing, Darren, because that means they have to beat Manchester City to get their Champions League spot. City already knows that they're in next year. Maybe it gives something, maybe it gives Chelsea that little extra motivation they need, uh, knowing that they absolutely have to get it. And that's their only way in. You go through that, but you're just talking yourself into whatever you want to hear at that point, whatever situation you're in, you're just trying to justify it. And so it's a wild finish. I'm, I mean, they put themselves in a position to lose several trophies. There's some good in that. You put yourself in a final in a couple of them. So that's, that's a good sign. It's a strong finish in the league. I think things are, are looking up. I don't think you can say that about every single club in England that had to be, that was forced with a managerial change this year. Um, I don't think we've seen the last change with a head coach in the Prem either. And I, there are clubs who are making changes and it looks like it's for the good. And there's clubs that are making changes and you're just left wondering, well, where's that going to go? Where are they headed? It feels like Chelsea are headed on the up and up. Um, and man, what, what a way they could potentially finish the season in the champions league final. But yeah, they finished fourth overall Lester, man, they, they just miss out. And that's, oh. that is brutal. Um, I don't watch any of that. Like I found Lester to be quite annoying to watch on that final match day, you know, and I understand that, you know, maybe they're, they're not built with the same sort of wages that other clubs are, but I, I just found them, you know, they're diving to just be ridiculous and, I don't watch enough Leicester City to know if that's what they do. I know that they oftentimes play a lot of long ball and let speed and Vardy run under it. I, I just, every time I flipped over, I had them on one of my televisions and, and it just, guys, like they're, they're shithousing out there. I found to be a bit annoying. I understood why they were doing it. I think we all understand why they're doing it. By any means, you got to get into the top four if you're Leicester City. And now you've developed a bit of a trend, I suppose, where on the final week of your season, you end up slipping outside. I just, I, I, I'm glad that that wasn't rewarded on the final week of the season. I know backing in the way Chelsea did isn't all that satisfying either, but from that, I, I just, I, I, I don't know. I found their, their performance to be quite annoying on Sunday. Hmm. You were, it wasn't a Vardy party. It was a flop party. You're saying. Yeah, there was a lot. Of, I mean, they what they ended up with two penalty kicks, didn't they? And that's how they scored both their goals. So, you know, and then having some mixed reviews, watch or mixed emotions, watching Gareth Bale, you know, like come off the bench and score a brace, and wondering if that was Harry Kane's last time for for Spurs. You know, watching what what might be or might not be part of their 2021-22 season. But yeah, I I don't know. I like I said I I'm selfishly as a and plus, I think it's always more fun when when the three of us, you, me and Nate can 
have our Champions League group text going. We wouldn't want to have Jordan leave our group. So we're glad that uh, all three of us are back in there again. But I also wanted it from a U.S. standpoint. Like I said, I thought it was really important for Pulisic because there is a point where I'm wondering with 15, 20 minutes left to go, Jordan, what what Pulisic's future should look like if Chelsea's not going to be in the top four. Yeah, it sounds like he's staying. Um, And just a heads up on that group chat on Saturday, I'm turning off my phone. I am not dealing with your guys' text during that match. That is the last thing I'm going to be doing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to watch the champions league final the same way I watched the 2012 champions league final. And that is in a dark, dark room in a fetal position. That's what I will be doing. What? Yep. I'm just just, with beach chairs and coolers of beer. I've changed my mind. I'm scared to death now. Now I'm scared. And now I'm just going to be by myself. Nobody talked to me. I'm turning off the phone. Sierra and Luca walk to the park. (laughs) Go take a hike. Here, spend two hours someplace else. Take what the, do- take the dogs you with pay? you. Are you going for a match day live at seven o'clock on Saturday? Are you going to be all right? Like win, lose? Are you going to be good? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be crying. So I'm either going to be really happy or I'm going to be really sad. But either way, I'm going to be crying on match day live. So make sure you tune in on Saturday night. That is a little bit of a stretch. We have like a five-hour gap between the end yeah. of the Champions League final before we start match day live. A lot of emotions can build up in five hours, Darren. Um, so we will see what match day live looks like. Can we talk about the champions league final? Let's do it. Love it. 12. Okay. Yeah. 12 noon CBS Chelsea city blue versus Royal blue. I guess it's baby blue versus Royal blue. They're both going to be wearing their home kits. So you're going to just see a lot of blue. It's going to be a little bit confusing. Um, right. So, I mean, even a colorblind guy like me will be able to see the difference. Hopefully. Um, I love, uh, here's a quote from the creator of the champions league trophy. This is how he describes the trophy that they are playing for this weekend. It may not be an artistic masterpiece, but everybody in football is keen to get their hands on it. I think it's pretty well said. I like that. It isn't the most beautiful trophy in the world, but everyone does want to get their hands on it. I'm curious. This is the big question. Everyone is asking this weekend in the biggest game on the biggest stage, Darren, will VAR decide the winner? <laughs> yes, just uh, exactly uh, the perfect question to ask for modern sports. Will VAR decide the winner? Oh my God. Gosh, I hope not. Uh, I really I, <laughs> wants to get into that. I mean, no, we've got, we're not going we've got, down that road. Got fans there. We've got energy in the building again. What are they expecting? 12,000 fans or so, somewhere in that range. So that'll be great. They've switched the venues. So I don't know. I, I can't still figure out too. There's cases to be made that VAR favors one style of play versus another one. You know, that it favors those who are like defensive minded or attack minded. I don't know that anybody's actually researched that, but man, I I'm just, just give me a good match, you know, familiarity watching Thomas Tuchel win what two, two times against Pep against Manchester city. I think that that's obviously a huge factor that would give me great confidence if I were sitting where you sit, or if I were just, sitting in a position where I just wanted to see city lose. No, right. I mean, it does cross my mind. You have to beat city three times in a row. Now. I don't know how many times or how many clubs. Are... Twice. I mean, I know they beat them twice in a row. I, I, yeah, they beat them in the league. They knocked them out in the FA cup semifinal at Wembley uh, in a tournament that they were definitely trying to win those. That gives you confidence. They've done it before. They've done it multiple times. Can they do it three times in a row though? That's a, that's a pretty big ask. Um, Darren, I, I don't know if you saw who the performer is before the match. Do you know what the entertainment will be? I do not. Do you know who Marshmallow is? I kind of do. I recognize the name. <laughs> yeah. Did you watch the Billboard Music Awards the other night? 
I did not. Oh, Sorry. Gosh. All right. Well, Marshmallow going to be performing uh, before the match. I think he wears like a big white helmet. Yeah. There's like yeah, a thing yeah. on it. Yeah, Here's yeah. a fun fact. Do you know who's inside who Marshmallow is? Uh, Bruno Mars. No. <laughs> it's actually Frank Lampard. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, he found his way into the Champions League final. Yeah, future Crystal Palace manager, Frank Lampard. Yeah, okay, that's super exciting. Good. Maybe he can get up close to it and he can see what it's like to manage at that level. Yeah, he that was the way he was able to get into the Champions League final as the manager. <laughs> Although he's won it as a player. Um, here's some things to watch out for this weekend. Chelsea had their goalie hurt over the weekend. That's bad news. Mendy, he's very, very good. Will he play yeah. this weekend? That is a big, big question. They don't know for sure. Uh, he sounds, it sounds questionable, but according to Tuchel, there is a little bit of optimism there that he's going to be ready. That's big. Cause I don't have a lot of faith in Keppa in that match. I want Mendy in that net. But if it um, comes next, would you have more faith in Keppa if it got to PKs? No, I would have more faith in marshmallow in net than Keppa. <laughs> uh, um, I don't know. It's just for me. <laughs> Beating City three times in a row is going to be tough. It's the biggest challenge yet. They they have given me reasons to be confident, and I'm just scared. I'm just I'm still scared because it's City, it's Pep, it's the biggest challenge they've faced yet. It's the best manager in the world against probably the best team in the world. But they've beaten Atleti. They've knocked out Real Madrid in their tournament. Now they have to do it against Man City. And it's the old adage with soccer. Like you get 90 minutes. This isn't about who, who's the best team for 365 over the course of a year. This is who can be better in 90 minutes. So we all know anything is possible there, but it's going to, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy the experience. <laughs> that's where, that's how, that's where I stand going in. That's my expectation this weekend. No, I, and like everybody understands what you're saying. Like you can only enjoy it if your club wins, but I do think that with time, you grow to appreciate like, wow, that was an amazing run. And you think about all the steps along the way when you got through those terrible Spanish clubs, like, you know, you would then think like, that was an amazing run. Like that was fun watching this thing build up into that point. Even if you get your, your, uh, high knees smacked on Saturday, like, you know, that's right. still, you know, who would ever, every other European club would rather be where you are. So, you know, I mean, I think that that's fair to say everybody would rather be in this final than watching it. So, Hey man, you got, no, you know, I don't think there's any pressure. Ever all the pressure's on Pep. You know, yeah. you the top four, the season's mostly over. Tuchel future, probably in pretty good, it, he's probably in pretty good standing, I would think. So, I don't know, let Pep outsmart himself as he often does. Yeah, 16,500 fans in the house. And by the way, Chelsea's run there has been really impressive. I mean, think about some of the clubs that Chelsea's gotten through. If I read this correctly... Y'all haven't also let up many goals either, like at all, like five total. Is that right? Through the entire tournament up until this point, like it's some really, really small number. So, you know, it's not like you just got the luck of the draw and stumbled your way through a couple of inferior clubs that nobody's ever heard of from Eastern Europe. I mean, you, you got through like, you got through the champions of Spain, you know, like you got through Real Madrid, like that is not even in a down year, that competition is uh, a different level. So like I, I, I clearly will be favoring Manchester city, like everybody else, they're deserved favorites here, but I don't for a single second, just presume that this will be a waste of my viewing time at all. I mean, no, it should be good. The media that should be good. That's why Mendy's such a big deal. Will yeah. Mendy play? If he's not available, it, it just, 
it feels like it's just going to be too much against that team. But if you have Mendy in that, that gives you a real, real chance. And you're right. Defense has been a big part of what Tuchel does. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's been a long season. Like, I don't view this as a waste of my time at all. I, I, you know, City is the favorite, but I think Chelsea's got an excellent chance to win here, especially because of familiarity, because there's, it's a really, really good manager. I'm sort of surprised so many people think Chelsea's just going to get run off the pitch. It's been a long season for all clubs. It's been a long season, especially for Chelsea. We've played this entire season in one less month than normally that they have. Um they made a deep run into the FA Cup all the way to the final, a deep run now into the Champions League final. This will be their 59th match of the season. Um, City playing something very similar. These are two clubs who have played a lot of matches in a short amount of time. So it all comes, it all finishes this weekend. Then we get the summer off. We get a party with San Diego Loyal during the summer. And then we'll pick things back up in Europe uh, coming up in August. How about that? Looking forward to that. Looking forward to Saturday. What a day. I mean, Saturday, I, you know, I know. <laughs> for you emotionally invested there from 12 to two. And then you're going to have to figure out a way emotionally to pick it back up from match day live, seven o'clock Jordan from Torero stadium, where we're going to have fans in the stands for the first time since March 7th of 2020, 442 days. Four, four, two, you counted. Well, I put it into a Google search, but yes, I, <laughs> you can do that. 442 days last we were at Torero Stadium with fans in the stands. How about that? I know. That's wild because we've been inside that stadium for matches without fans many more 448. times. 448. 448. All right. Well, maybe today itself is 442. Um, yeah. Las Vegas. San Diego. Hmm. There's a lot on the line this weekend. The big question I think that we'll have for uh, Steve coming up in our next episode, uh, where will Landon Donovan be watching that match as he was sent off with a red card? to finish the match at Louisville. Um, is he going to be in the stands? Is he going to be, what are, what are the rules? Is he allowed to like have a walkie talkie? Is he allowed to talk to Nate Miller? Like, is he allowed to text? Can they Skype? Can they do a zoom call? Can they Snapchat? Can they go on Instagram? What are they allowed to do? I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe he should do the halftime analysis with us over on our Instagram page. I, I don't know either. I mean, everybody else seems to, every time a manager gets sent off, they show them in the stands and they've got the earbuds in. And then you can see there's a coach on the bench with the earbuds in. So I don't know. I mean, what's USL going to say? Hey, 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 whoa, we can't do that sort of stuff here. When everybody else does it, I I, I also think Landon could probably just sit in the seats and yell out instructions. It's going to be what, 1,500 people somewhere in that range. So I know it'll be loud. I know Chavos are going to be loud and locals are going to be loud, but even still, like, like he could probably communicate if he wanted to, or he could just say, you know what, to hell with it. I'm just going to go jump around and, and do a, a Chris Wondolowski and go sit with the supporters and, and just lose my shit on Saturday night because why the hell not? When am I ever going to get this opportunity again? That's my vote, man. Like this is the opportunity for you to do some keg stands in section 109 with the locals during this match. Nate Miller, no, he's fine. He knows what he's doing. He's he been does. coaching for a while. Like he knows, like, here you go, Nate. You get this match against Vegas. I'm drinking beer up with the locals. That's what I'm doing. That's the game plan. That's what I would do. Then again, I'm not a head coach. So maybe that's why. Um, yeah. But at least that's my expectation this weekend. Yeah, maybe Landon, the the coach, would do that. Maybe Landon, the owner, wouldn't do that, though. But I don't know. I don't know no. if there is uh, a thing. I've tried to find out why it was that he got sent off. I mean, we know why he got sent off. He didn't agree with with several calls that were made, USL refereeing everybody at its very finest. 
But uh, the sense I got was he wasn't like abusive, verbally abusive, like didn't cuss, like, which, you know, for Landon is, is um, you know, so I, I'm not sure what he said. I look forward to, to finding out exactly what that interaction was like with this USL ref who had the nerve to send Landon Donovan into the seats against Louisville. That is, uh, that was spectacular. Like, that's just something I was not expecting to see. But uh, it happened, and now he's suspended for this match, the home opener against Las Vegas Lights, a match that, man, um, wow. I mean, these are our two clubs right now through a combined seven games that have combined for seven losses and zero points. So, you know, this is one where you got to get your engine turned over here at some point if you're San Diego loyal. No better time than Saturday at 730. Yeah, there is going to be a very deflated team, and that team will be whoever is on the losing side because both teams are looking at this the exact same way. This is the, oh, my God, we have to win this game match for both sides. So whoever doesn't, maybe we get a draw, and then everyone just feels shitty at the end of it. But <laughs> I'm telling like three. Like, be allowed to draw this one. <laughs> Only wins. Like, go to, go to extra time, go to penalty kicks if you have to. Yeah, do whatever it takes. There is no draw in this one. We need a winner. And the loser, I don't even want to say what happens to the loser in this one. But I will say you better, you need three points this weekend. Holy cow. Um, yeah, well, it, I, the big story, of course, is going to be the return of fans. We're going to have that presence again. We're going to chat with Scuba Steve here coming up momentarily. Um, that will be with a big storyline. But of course, the other storyline is what's happened here to start the year, that road trip where I don't think they played terribly. Um, I don't think they played great in that opening night against Phoenix. They just got run over in that one, like absolutely run over by that train. But the next three, I never left thinking like, wow, that was really, really bad. Um, I feel like there's been unlucky moments. I feel like teams we've been playing have had lucky moments that we're not exactly getting. Sounds like excuses, but that's because it's how it's gone. I think um, even Landon in his post-match comments, did you see it that they posted the next day after Louisville? He, it wasn't a conversation where he was like, wow, that was not what we were expecting. We tried something that didn't work. Now, he sounded still very confident. Like we're still working towards something that's a very, very good team. Hopefully the road trip is something that it kind of just sharpens them the rest of the season. That's, that's the high hope of it, right? That these games pay off in a different way later on. Um, but you need to go on a run now, the same way they've gone on a run of losses. You need to counter that with a run of wins. And what better time to do it than with Las Vegas coming up? But that schedule still, it's easy to focus on Vegas. You look beyond it. It's pretty difficult right away after that again. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm with you. I mean, and and hopefully you take out that four-match frustration on Vegas. You know, hopefully that manifests itself into, you know, feeling like you should be the better side here, especially at home, especially playing in front of the energy of your own fans, even in limited capacity. I'm with you. I mean, I thought that the match against Louisville was a perfect way to end this road trip just because, you know, it sort of spoke to <clears throat> what can go wrong has gone wrong up until this point. You're ready. You know, you play a first half where, you know, a couple of opportunities, chances created, and then a dodgy penalty kick called. I, I mean, I, we talked about it. I thought at first glance, you can see there's a little bit of contact there. Could have gone either way for me. I mean, does that get called in that moment? It probably, probably wouldn't get called in middle of the field, but you know, whatever. And and it happens and you give that up and you feel like, gosh, almighty, like we've, we've, you know, we've held our own here against a really, really good loose city side. 
questionable penalty. You save the PK only to have the rebound go back to the penalty kick taker. Like, you know, that's just the way the breaks have gone thus far. And then that second goal, the more you look at it, what a joke that second goal was. First and foremost, the loose city player crashes in the train muse. Ball hops up in the air. There's this, this you know, weird chaos with bodies flying everywhere. The ball rolls down the player's loose city's back and back heels it into the net. Like, such a stupid goal. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just was a dumb goal. Jack Blake gets one back. You know? and That and was not a dumb goal. That was not. That was that was a freaking banger that everybody who's watching this should vote for on the USL website because you can vote for the banger of the week. So go vote for Jack Blake, even in defeat. I did that. Like, like what, like a dumb couple, like a dumb sequence, you know, like dumb goals to give up. I'm not saying like loyal's dumb. I'm just saying like, like the circumstances of the sport sometimes are dumb. And, and I certainly thought that was the case as well. So, but you know, Hey, it's, it's a fourth consecutive loss away and, and it's got to turn around. It's not been good enough. I don't think they're just saying that sort of stuff to make everybody feel better about like, you know, whether it's Landon or Morgan Hackworth had a really interesting thread on Twitter where he got really personal about himself, about the club, about his dad, who was the former loose city manager, what that moment was like, you know, how he got treated, et cetera. But, um, you know, I, I do believe them that they feel like there's, you know, they're not just searching for positives and silver linings. I do think that they're, you know, that they actually think that this thing is, is can certainly turn around. And with 28 matches, Jordan, I would agree with them. Yeah, those were some really interesting images with John Hackworth on the side of the field wearing all yep. San Diego Loyal gear from head to toe. I don't know if Loyal sell boxers, but if they do, John Hackworth was probably wearing them during that yep. match. He was head to toe. And he had the Leal. He had he was smashing Modellos on the side. I think it was a Modelo. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. It, was, uh, it was good stuff. That was, I think it was worth worth the image. The trip did not go that great. You didn't come home with three points, but at least you came home with a good story. And that good story is that image right there. John Hackworth slamming Modelo's at Loose City wearing SD Loyal gear. Can I uh, also th- say one more thing about being back at home this week that I think is going to be a huge relief and a, a welcome change for everybody? Because, you know, we talk about fans like that's that's the story of the night. But welcome back also for the first time in 2021, the Jack Cronin and Shannon McMillan. Yes, very good points. We have not had our Jack Cronin, Shannon McMillan broadcast yet this season. That's what that road trip meant. And then all the road broadcasts. But we're back. We actually listened to what do we have? The uh, Azteca broadcast is what yeah. we took in at Machete. Trenta y tres, Channel 33 Azteca. Absolutely. How was Machete? Wasn't that a lot of fun, Jordan, until it wasn't? Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Should we save that story for Scuba Steve coming up? I'm going to ask him if his car got towed. (laughs) That's the second podcast we're doing with Scuba Steve. It's not one long podcast today. Why don't we just do a podcast until 3 o'clock this afternoon? So I'll just call in sick from the radio. I'm down. We can drink beers. Um, I have a cooler of beers outside, actually. They're still on ice from a party over the weekend. We can just continue this up until 3 p.m. That's fine. I'm done with that job anyway. (laughs) 